Well, good morning. I like that welcome. I appreciate the prayer and the encouragement before I get up to speak. So good morning, everyone. Great to see you all. It feels like we're kind of back into it now, doesn't it? Term has started. Kids, you excited to be back at school? Oh. Parents, you excited the kids are back at school? There's a difference there, kids. What is that? I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I'm sure they really enjoyed your company over the summer. But, um, yeah, we're back into the, the swing of things. Lots happening over the next coming weeks and months, um, but, which I'm going to talk about. Uh, and it's important that we kind of pray into all this. I really encourage you to come on Tuesday night. Um, just before I start, I just tell you about my, my day yesterday. I came to the um, Battle for the Mind conference with Dave Holden. Uh, the material will be released at a later date. It's going to come out on DVD and stuff, and I'm sure it's downloadable for you young people. Um, and um, uh, I just really encourage you to listen to that. And then went to that, listened to it. Great, great teaching, really helped me and my thinking and stuff. Uh, and then we went to... Um, Yesterday evening, it was a birthday present for Gemma from, from myself, so it was a good present. We went to uh, prom, <laughs> Proms in the Park uh, in Hyde Park. Now, let's not get too excited yet. I haven't finished the story. Um, and we went, and it, it, was, it was good. You know, there were 40,000 people there in Hyde Park. And the tickets were expensive, but I won't go into that. Um, but... <laughs> We went, and it, and it was a great atmosphere. There were people dressed in their Union Jack suits and, and tops, and everyone was waving flags, and it was all very jolly and very patriotic and, you know, pomp and ceremony and all that. But uh, as the music, the music started, I say it started, we got there late, obviously. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, when you've got three kids, you're often late. If you haven't got children, let me just tell you now, when you do have children, you will probably be late for most things. Um, anyway, we got there, and the, the music was going on, and the music sounded great. There was the BBC big band orchestra thing, whatever they, whoever they were, and it was great. And there was artists come on, and that was great. But, and people were singing and lifting their hands, and I was like, we were both, I think we were probably, you know, getting old. We were both tired and had a busy day. I'd abandoned Gemma with the kids, so she was tired as well. But we were just like, yeah, it was nice. And I was probably more impressed with the food selection that they had going around the, <laughs> around the side. Um, but it just, there was just something missing. Um, I'd spent a week of my summer in a tent with 7,000 young people worshipping Jesus. And when you've done that, and then you go to something like that. Great as it was, it just doesn't come close to being in the presence of God with 7,000 other people. Because the people were raising their hands and they're, you know, they're doing all this with the flags. And you're like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. But actually, at New Day this summer, we just had moments where we, just, we, were, in, we were in awe. We were in awe and 7,000 people were just completely lost in the wonder and majesty of who God was. So that was my day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should probably preach now. Um, just thought I'd share that. But, um, because th there's just something missing. And you know, these people, they go and they have that great time, but it doesn't last. 
And just this, you know, we have a, in comparison to yesterday's band on the stage at Hyde Park, we have a small band. But actually, the moment the first song started this morning, I was like, oh, yes, dear Lord, this is so much better. This is so much greater. We have such a privilege, you know, to do that. So, I'll get on with what I'm talking about. We, we've got lots and lots coming up. And it's exciting because momentum is building. I feel the church is moving forward. People are hearing about Jesus. The church is growing. And we've got lots of stuff coming up. We've got, as um, Herman said, we've got new connect groups starting. Really encourage you to get yourself in a connect group. I think we're probably going to have problems soon because we're going to need to multiply and multiply and multiply. What that's about is we want to receive people into community. We want people to receive people to feel loved. We've got the new service starting. Um, Jonathan, if you could just put the slide up. Look at that. Um, 30th, the 21st, and the 18th of November. We're doing this, as Herman said, because we want to reach more people. Not any particular type of people, but just people who need to hear the good news of Jesus. We're looking to extend the building. We're hoping to um, finally submit the building plans within the next month or so. New people are being added and saved into the church. People are responding to God all the time, and it's exciting. I have never known, I've been a Christian for 14, 15 years now, and I've never known the momentum and excitement in the church like this, like it is right now. We are living in significant times right now, and church, you need to be on board, you need to be excited, you need to be seeking God. Where do you play your part in this? Because God has put you here. If you're here today, God has put you here for a reason. And to help us understand this church growth, as we look to do church bigger, as we look to love bigger, we need to understand it and what the scriptures say about it. Over the next two weeks, we are going to be looking at Acts 2, 42 to 47. It's kind of on the um, information about the connect groups that Herman's put together really well. But before we do that, I just kind of want to give some background before we get to Acts 2, 42. So the book of Acts was written um, by Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, just in case you were wondering. Um, And as we come into Acts 2, the the apostles, the disciples have witnessed Jesus' death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And they're gathering together at um, waiting for the promise to come of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go and wait, for the helper is coming. And Peter, it, Peter preaches on what they, on the festival of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, it starts in Acts 2. And he preaches, explains what has happened, who Jesus is. Who Jesus is, he says, who you crucified. He's showing them who the gospel is what the gospel is. And the gospel shows us who we are. That we are sinful. We are without hope. 
Tim Keller defines the gospel like this. He says, it's, he says, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever dare hope. That's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. He meets us where we are, but he also tells us the truth about ourselves. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. All have sinned. Not Well, I've lived an okay life and there's some terrible people over there. Now he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is what Peter's trying to show to people. All have rejected. All have tried to be our own God. All have ignored the creator and made created things ultimate things. Whilst ignoring the creator. Romans says, but we are justified by his grace as a gift through Christ. People are offended by this. They're saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not, a, when you say sinful, I'm not a really bad person. I, you know, I might have thought some bad things, might have hurt some people occasionally, but I'm not. But do you know what? If God looked at me and said, no, you're all right. Ian, you're awesome. I'm in trouble. If God looked at me and said that, I'm in trouble. But the mirror of the gospel reflects who I really am. It's held up. And I have, when I look at the mirror of the gospel and I see my reflection, I try not to look at my reflection too often, but um, <clears throat> I have some understanding when I have that reflection of the gospel. I have some understanding of my own selfish, narcissistic behavior and tendencies. I don't naturally lean towards loving others more than myself. I don't naturally lean towards loving my wife as Christ loved the church. She does remind me about that quite a bit. <clears throat> I want what's best for me. I want my way. I want to prosper. But with God, he shows me who I am and who I'm supposed to be. See, if this gospel didn't show us our own reflection who, and what we're supposed to do with our own selfishness, what are we supposed to do with it? What are we supposed to do with our own selfishness, our lust, our anger, our materialism, our anxiety? What are we supposed to do with that if, if we had a God that said, no, you're all right, you're okay. I know you've done some bad things and stuff, but that's okay. But the gospel shows us who we are and gives us a way out of this. He says, come to me. And this is what Peter is explaining to the crowd <clears throat> in Acts 2. God is after a people with soft hearts. We have a God that knows everything about us. And he loves us all the same. He knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head. Every thought that you have. And he loves you all the same. He tells us we can't fix it ourselves. We like to fix it ourselves, don't we? But God is after a people with soft hearts who will humble themselves and admit that this is true. You are in slavery, if you are denying this. Slavery. And God wants to set you free. He meets you where you are. He says you're all these things. But he loves you and he takes them and God's 
wrath on the cross. You know, in Peter, Peter says in Acts 2, he says that this, oh, I was going to recommend that book, I forgot about that. <coughs> I'll go back to that later. Peter says, this Jesus, God raised up, and we are all witnesses. Peter's saying, I've witnessed that Jesus has dealt with all of this. He's defeated death. He's defeated sin. We're all witnesses to that. This is what Peter's saying. And if there's a... This is why we do Alpha. This is why I would recommend you really seriously think about this. Why you should implore your friends, your neighbours, your family to do Alpha. Because if there's a possible solution, an answer to a problem that we all face, death. There's a statistic. One in one die. Or 10 out of 10 people die. I hope that's not a revelation to you this morning. But, and I mean to be loving with you and gentle, but you're going to die one day. And I'm sorry, you might just want to let that sink in for a bit. Are you okay? Are you all right? But if there's a solution to this, this problem that we all face, then, and you've never seriously looked into it, then you really, really should. Because if this is true, this is of ultimate importance for everyone, not just for some. I've had this before in discussions, talking to people, well, it's okay for you, it makes you happy. No, if this is true, if, if what I believe is true, then it is of ultimate importance for everybody. <clears throat> everyone, consider it. I implore you, to consider this. This is why we do Alpha, so you can come along and ask questions. Look into it. That's why I was going to recommend that. I'm going to click back because I put it on the slide. So um, I was going to recommend this book because this guy was a Muslim seeking truth. This book gripped me. I read this book, I was going to say over the summer, but I read it in two weeks. This guy was seeking truth. A Muslim guy seeking truth. And it's so powerful how he looked at the evidence. He tried to deny the evidence of the crucifixion. And he looked into it and thought, no, no, he really was crucified. Then he tried to look into the evidence of the resurrection. And he realized the thing that made the most reasonable sense was that Jesus rose from the dead. Then he tried to deny that Jesus was God. He said, no, he never claimed to be God. And he realized the deity of Christ, that Jesus is God. And this guy, his, his world view fell apart around him. and He realized he had to humble himself and give, him, give his life to Jesus. Such a powerful story. I really encourage you to read it, actually, because as I was reading it, the truth of the gospel came out and it empowered me, encouraged me to go out more and, and talk to people. It encouraged me to speak and pray more for my family, for my friends. This book is, is powerful. So I'd encourage you to read it. At least I've covered the slide now. But Christ has won the victory. So we can be free from fear of death, of sin, worry, anxiety, and be free to be all that we're meant to be. Not only that, 
but we have his imputed righteousness. We have God's righteousness within us. It says in 2 Corinthians, for he who knew no sin, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we're not just saved for eternity, but right now, when God looks at you, if you are a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees a perfect, perfect son, a daughter. That's powerful, isn't it? Because, like I said before, if God looked at me before that, in my previous state, outside of Christ, he looked at me and went, yeah, you're all right. I was a mess. I was a mess. And I had nowhere to turn. But this is all free. Peter then goes on and makes it clear in Acts 2, verse 36 to 37. He says, Let all of the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the the apostles' brothers, What shall we do? See, when we hear this, when we hear the news of Jesus, when we hear about the gospel, when we hear about what happened on the cross, this was a historical event. Everyone has to respond. Even doing nothing is a response because it's a rejection of the gospel. It's a rejection of your creator. It's a rejection of God sending his son to die for you. Here, people were cut to the heart. And Peter called people to, be, to repent and be baptised. Is God calling you to respond today? When you're hearing the news of this Jesus who died for you, if you don't know him and you're here today, if you would not consider yourself a Christian, well, he died for you because he loves you. He loves you and accepts you as you are. Is he calling you to respond today? And don't delay. Don't put it off. Everyone thinks we're going to live to a ripe old age and then die in our sleep. But just any life experience tells you that isn't the case for everybody. It might be for some, but but for a lot of people it isn't. So you don't know what tomorrow will bring. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this because I love you, because I want you to know him. We are called to move and respond. And when we respond, there's even more responses. Are you baptized? Are you seeking after God? Have you been filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit? And that moves us on to our verses that we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks. Is Acts 2, 42 to 47. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. That's a powerful community right there, isn't it? They were devoted and the Lord was adding to their number day by day. Church, I believe we are in significant times where times are coming where we are going to see people added to us. Not just more Christians, but people responding to the gospel week by week and day by day. Believe that. Believe that. I believe that's why God has brought me and my family here. Because he's got a mighty plan for Seven Oaks. Verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to what? To the apostles' teaching. These are significant things that we have to pay attention to as we move into these significant times. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Church, as we move into these times, we've got to devote ourselves to this book to the teaching of the word of God. Because this is what changed, changes life. This is what changed my life, is getting to know God through this book. It's a fellowship. I'm going to look more closely at this next week. Herman's going to talk a bit more about uh, the connect groups next week, and we're going to look at fellowship. But we need to be devoted to each other. Devoted to each other as a community, To breaking bread, remembering the cross. Remembering what Christ has done in your life. That is what was so powerful as well as I was reading that book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, was that I was just reminded about what he'd done. It was so powerful. As he was having these um, intellectual kind of theological discussions with people and they were really looking and examining um, the cross, the crucifixion and the resurrection because, you know, we have a reasonable faith that can be held up and examined from every angle. We don't just have a leap, blind leap of faith where I think this was true about some guy that probably lived thousands of years ago. No, this is a reasonable faith that we can hold up and examine and as I was doing that, it was just so powerful to remind myself of what Jesus did all, that, all those years ago. The pain and the suffering that he went through so that I can stand here today free, set free and knowing him, loving God. He set me free to know him and to be free and love others. Because outside of him, I couldn't do those things. I couldn't be who I am today. I am, was a different person. You ask my friends who saw me when I first came in here. I was different to what I'm like today. I haven't got it all sussed. I haven't got it all sorted, but Christ in me. That's why it's so important to devote yourself to remembering who he is. You can never move on from the gospel. You're, you don't get saved and then move on and say, yeah, I've had the milk now, I'm saved, I need to learn more. No, you never move on from the gospel. You never, ever, ever move on from the gospel. Devote ourselves to prayer. 
must devote ourselves to prayer. There's a team of us that are gathering together for this additional service. And we are starting to pray every day at four o'clock. That's what time this service is going to be. As Herman said, we're going once a month for the next three months at four o'clock. And we're praying every day at four o'clock. People have set their alarms at four o'clock. And we're praying for four minutes every day at four o'clock. Because we want to devote, it's just four minutes. We're devoting ourselves to prayer because we believe God is going to break through. We believe that God is going to add into this. And we're doing it not just because we want to be bigger, but because we want to love more people. We want to show the love of Jesus. That's why we're doing it. We're just saying, okay, well, not everybody might be able to make the morning or can get their backsides out of bed or whatever it might be. So we're just making an opportunity. That's all we're doing is to tell people about Jesus. We're making room. We're making room. And then what happened when they devoted themselves? Verse 43, awe came upon every soul. When was the last time you were in awe? I wasn't in awe last night. Some of the outfits were quite impressive. And some of the food stalls were pretty good. But I wasn't in awe. But when I was in awe was when I was with 7,000 other people in a tent. There was this moment in New Day. Sorry to bang on about this, but it was a significant time in the summer. Where there was a, somebody, had, I can't remember who preached. And then they had this time of response and the worship team started to play. And then this big Indian guy got up and started... It wasn't Jeeves. <coughs> start, I know that's what you're all thinking. Um, and, and he started to sing in Hindi? Hindi. Hindi. Thank you, Jeeves. Um, started to sing in Hindi, um, Oh, come let us adore him. It was like, wow, this is powerful. And then somebody came up and sang in Italian. And then in French, and then it might have been in English, I can't remember, there was another language. And then the, this gospel choir came in on the back of that and singing Alpha, he is the Alpha and the Omega. That's the beginning and the end. And we had this vision of every tribe and tongue, because that's what the Bible says. At the end, there will be every tribe and tongue gathered around the throne. And we had this vision, and we were just in awe. Even our, some of our young people who, you know, a bit, you know, everybody was just in awe of him. We were in awe as we were singing, you are the Alpha and the Omega. When was the last time you were in awe? Because when you get to know him through this book, when you devote yourself to prayer, when you devote yourself to the teaching of the word of God, and you really understand who he is, you really understand what he did, then you'll be in awe of the Alpha and the Omega. Awe will come upon, I believe, in these days, people will come in and awe will come upon them. When they come into the presence of God, awe will come upon people. We had a word come as we were praying. We really felt that as we were praying for the um, afternoon service, people will come in and be in awe. People will be in awe. Awe came upon them. Don't we want to be like this community that it says in this book? Awe came upon every soul. And then what happened? 
many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. That doesn't mean we've all got stuff in common. We've got some stuff in common. But I have more things now in common with Herman, who was from the other side of the world, than people that I grew up with. I have more things in common with <clears throat> a friend of mine, who many of you will know, Norman Blows, who is, who is in his 70s now. I have more things in common with a man in his 70s than I do with the friends that I grew up with. Because I am united in Christ with Herman. I am united in Christ with Norman Blows. Devotion and awe. Why were they devoted? Why was there awe? Because they had met the risen Jesus. Have you met him? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Isn't this the Christian life? The church life that we're all looking for this Acts 2 42 to 47 isn't this what we all long for isn't this what we want to see in our days awe wonder miracles devotion see what they did what is really happening is they've seen and experienced something far greater than themselves speaking at Tom and Sophie's wedding this summer. Mr. and Mrs. Martin are with us this morning, by the way. Let's give them a welcome. <clears throat> We're talking at Mr. and Mrs. Martin's wedding in the summer and said, actually, this, this day, yes, it's about you being united as a couple, but actually don't look to each other for your ultimate significance and happiness because this isn't about you this is about something far greater and when you lose yourself to um, the call of God on your life the mission that he has set out before you you'll find out what life is all about in the first place Jesus said this in Mark 8 verse 34 Calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone <clears throat> would come to me, come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You're not experiencing. The, the stuff we're looking at this morning, not experiencing what they did in Acts, I think you've got to die to yourself. You've got to die to this world. But whoever loses his life for my sake, and, this has really struck me this week, and the Gospels, for my sake and the Gospels, will save it. Trying to grab hold of stuff, trying to... Make life as good as it can be for yourself. No, you've got to die. You've got to die. You've got to die to yourself. And then you'll really find what life is all about in the first place. Die to the world and die to self. How we are to each other as this community, as we move forward, 
how we are to each other should, should be a sign to those people outside that don't know him. As we move forward as a loving community, should be a sign to the unbeliever. We are a foretaste of heaven. Believe it or not, as a church, we are a foretaste of heaven. So when people come in, they go, wow, look at these guys. They really love each other. How they treat each other, how they look after each other. I've never seen anything like this. That's how we're supposed to be. The disciples were devoted because they'd met the risen Jesus. They'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and everything had changed. If you've met him, have you been filled? If you haven't, pursue him. If you haven't met him, pursue him. Peter's a great example. He's up there preaching to thousands of people. It says 3,000 were added, so that must mean there were more than 3,000. He's preaching to thousands of people, but probably... Five to six weeks before, he's in the courts as Jesus is being examined and being questioned. And he's, it says he, Peter was warming himself by the fire. And a little girl comes up to him and says, you, you are one of his disciples. And Peter was scared. I don't know if you've seen little girls. I've got two. They're not very scary. They're many things, little girls. They're lovely and beautiful and demanding, but they're not scary. And he fled. He denied he ever knew him. Days, weeks later, he's up there preaching to thousands of people. What is the difference? What's the difference? Well, the fire is no longer on the outside that he's warming his hands by. The fire is on the inside. The Holy Spirit is living within him. That's what you need, ladies and gentlemen. If you're thinking, oh, this is too hard. I can't do this. You need the fire of the Holy Spirit living with inside you. God has put you here, in this place, right now for a reason. He wants you to be in awe with him. He wants you to connect with him, to each other, and then we're to go out. He's calling you upwards, inwards, and outwards. Can we pray for these empty chairs? That If you can see an empty chair, or if you can't reach an empty chair, we're going to pray, because these chairs are going to be filled. Lindsay's, got a, Lindsay's going to have to lay across these chairs. I just feel we're going we're gonna to come into a time where we're going to need to move forward. We're going to have to be pressing in for more. That's why we're making room for more people. Why we're launching a second service. Because there's going to be more people coming in. But you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But let's just pray for these empty chairs. If you can't reach one, you don't have to get up. Let's just pray, Lord... We lift up the empty chairs to you because we believe in the power of the gospel. We believe that the power of the gospel still works. Believe that today, the gospel works. Lord Jesus, we pray, will you fill these empty chairs with people that don't know you? Holy Spirit, come and empower us. Come and fill us with boldness and courage. Lord, we pray, will you fill these with people that don't yet know you? I pray there will be people sitting in these empty chairs that are currently in darkness that will move to light. People that are currently living in death but will move to life. In Jesus' name.
Can, I'll just ask the band to come up to, to play a song. We're just going to, I feel like we need to respond to this because we need the fire living with inside us. I'll trust you to choose an appropriate song as we, as we do this. Can I ask you to stand as the band are getting ready? I believe, just want to say this again over you, God has called you here this morning because he, he wants you to help Hope Church exhibit Christ's love, unity, peace and hope to become an attractive community to those around us. He has called you here for this time. This is a significant time. And if you're thinking this is too hard, I can't speak to my friends, I can't talk to people at school, then you need the fire to live within. That helps you to be devoted. That helps the moment of awe. When you're in awe, then this this is easier. When you know it's not about you. Just... If you want to receive for him this morning, just put your hands out as a sign to him. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. A sign to him that you are open and you want to receive. And Holy Spirit, we invite you and say, you are so welcome here. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. Thank you that you call us in to be a people of God. He's not called you to live a life as an individual. He's called you to be a people. Come, Holy Spirit. Just as as we start to worship, just keep seeking him. Say, Lord, come and fill me. Come and speak to me afresh.